welcome to the Madison County Milk House. Uh, we are bringing back the FMAP conversation today. And with me this morning, I have uh, Mike Fitzgerald, the commissioner of DSS, Chairman John Becker, and County Administrator Mark Simone. Well, there have been some updates on the FBAP money since the last time we talked, which was probably about a month ago on this topic. So I kind of wanted to bring you all back around the circle and give our residents an update on where things stand. And according to NYSAC's website and the countdown, we have 14 days until the governor's budget is passed and what our residents should be either concerned about or what they should know. So, um, Mike, I just wanted to go to you first and just kind of refresh us on what is the FMAP money? Uh, so good morning, Sam. And the FMAP money, as we talked about last time, was created during the Affordable Care Act about 20 years ago, 2003. And it was a way for the federal government to pass money onto the states that expanded Medicaid eligibility for populations that weren't covered before. And so in New York State, uh, we receive about 50% of federal Medicaid share for covering our Medicaid population. Uh, with the Affordable Care Act, that went up um, because they did expand the uh, populations that were covered. And as a result of some federal legislation, the counties of New York State got a portion of that federal Medicaid share increase um, as a result of the Affordable Care Act. And so for Madison County over the last 20 years, that's averaged about a million five or thereabouts, 1.6 million additional federal revenue um, that New York State passes through to Madison County. Let's just tell people really quickly. So what the governor has in her budget proposal is to withhold that FMAP money that comes through the state to the federal, from the federal government and keep it at the New York state level and to expand Medicare, Medicaid even more. And be, when we, last time we spoke, it was before we went to the NYSAC legislative conference in Albany. Um, NYSAC is our New York state association of counties where all 62 counties kind of come together talk about legislative issues, get a lot of work done. And all 62 counties are actually impacted by this. So what was the conference like and where kind of are we now? So the conference was, was great because all 62 counties were unanimous that we need this money back. We heard a lot of information from the head of NYSAC, Steve Aquario and Mark Levine, W director, that they were having good conversations with the governor's office, that the governor's office understood what we were talking about, that they were gonna come up with some type of revenue to offset this Medicaid loss. They didn't wanna do it within the FMAP, but they were gonna give us some type of AIM money to offset the loss. So in, for Madison County, we'd be getting like $1.6 million as a funding from some other pot to make us whole. And so when we left the conference, everybody was excited because it sounded like we were moving forward and things were going to going to happen positively for the counties and we got back and a week later there was a press release that was put out by NYSAC that things apparently had fallen apart and the governor's office had told NYSAC we're going to let the legislature look at this we're not going to work a deal at this point we want the senate and the assembly to look at the budget and they have their one house process where they get to respond to what the governor put in her budget they said we want to see what they have to say and then we'll go from there and maybe we'll talk after that and so what has the legislature decided 
so far. So the legislature, the assembly, and the Senate both rejected the governor's proposal for FMAP. So that's really good news for the counties because what that means is they do not agree with the state taking FMAP from the counties. They understand that this money was meant for counties and it should stay with counties, and so they've rejected it. But what happens now is there's this negotiation process that happens between the Senate Majority Leader, the Assembly Majority Leader, and the Governor, where they kind of horse trade on different things. And so during that negotiation, we will either make out and the FMAP will be given back to the counties or they might trade it for something else. So we don't really know what's going to happen because it's such a weird process that they do and it's not very transparent. So we're just kind of waiting at this point and NYSEC still pushing out the messages. The counties are putting out the messaging. That's why we're having this podcast today, just to update people on what's going on and why it's important. Reach out to your assembly. You know, We have five assemblymen here in Madison County and, and what state senator will have we'll put the information in who to contact but you know support what we're trying to do because we don't want you know, to impact our county residents with uh, tax increases or cuts so let's talk about that so if the FMAP money does not flow down to the county for, for well for us we're January to December for budget so we already have half half the year by April 1 which is the state budget what does that do to our budget and you know a lot of people are like well why raise taxes that we had that question the last time is well you shouldn't just raise taxes to make up this money you should guys should just cut spending well what do those cuts look like if we cut spending so what that looks like is a lot of what we do here at the county is mandated by the state like medicaid for example those mandates and those cut we can't cut we can't cut medicaid we don't have the ability to do that. We can't not have a jail. It's mandated. We cannot have not have probation officers. It's mandated. But what ha- tends to happen is when we need to make cuts, it's highway and it's a sheriff office because they're 100% local. It's the programs that we do that are not mandated, but it's what our you know our residents kind of they'd like to have. You know, like we had the snowstorm and they want people out plowing and we want our bridges fixed. We want our potholes filled. Uh, we want our sheriff's office to protect our residents. And so when we have to cut, sometimes those are the things we have to look to do because they're not mandated. And you know, we had a, a situation, we have nonprofits also, we give about $1.6 million to the nonprofits throughout the county. You know, we had a tough budget year back in, Chairman, was it 14 or 15 when we had the... 13. 13 we had uh we had a tough budget year and we were looking at a large tax increase nine percent and we made some cuts to nonprofits, libraries and things like that discretionary funding and we had a situation where we had 150 people that showed up to our board chambers saying we don't want you to cut these services we like our libraries we like cornell cooperative extension you know we like food bank, the things that you're doing, the 4-H programs, we rather have a tax increase. And so the board put all that money back in, taxes were raised 8.6% that year, and there's a standing ovation from 150 people in the room. So when people say just cut, there's consequences to those cuts. That's the tricky thing. You know, it's, it's the balance of raising taxes, which would be about a 4.5% increase, 
versus you know maybe plowing less roads or instead of doing you know 30 miles of road construction doing 20. Poor highway department they're always the first ones to be like okay so we're going to slice that. Poor Joe. Poor Joe. We'll call (laughs) Joe first. Uh, And that used to happen. Yeah you could talk a little bit about that back in even before your time they would highway was gutted. Yeah so good morning and happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Um yeah, back in 2005, I know we have some armchair quarterbacks on these things, but back in 2005, uh, our radio system for the county was in severe disrepair, and the Board of Supervisors could have overhauled that system for $5 million. Instead, they said that it was too much money, we didn't have the money, and they weren't going to replace it. Well, five years after that, uh, we couldn't buy parts we couldn't get parts we couldn't scavenge parts from older systems anymore so we had to replace it at the cost of 20 million dollars so what did that save us it saved us nothing so the same thing with the courthouse that we you know we've renovated the whole courthouse we uh, had two lawsuits over the courthouse because it was not ADA accessible and we had one proposal for three and a half million dollars that grew to almost four million dollars to put in an elevator to the basement and the first floor to make ADA accessible courtrooms. Well, that left the whole rest of the building exposed to uh, non-ADA compliance. So we decided that uh, we would take and renovate the whole courthouse and that whole courthouse now is completely ADA compliant. You can go any place you want to. Um, our highway garage in um, Eaton, the former chair of the board said that should have been replaced long, long ago. We were having to buy trucks special because the new standard trucks of today would not fit in the garage. So we had to buy special trucks to fit in the garage. Uh, the roof saw needed to be replaced on that facility. Um, we had salt issues uh, there, um, some other issues with the building. And so what we did is we built the new facility at the Brown Road, uh, our Brown Road property. So the courthouse project and the highway project um, are using the same debt service that we had for the radio system. The radio system we could only bond for 10 years. The highway garage and the courthouse we could bond for 20 years. So that's the same payment. And what I'm trying to drive at is that, you know, we could cut things and we can cut them way back, but you're going to have to pay later on. You're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later. You're not going to get anything cheaper than you are today. Um, when we were doing auctions and selling our cars and owning our vehicles, we would get $600 for a sheriff's vehicle that was total junk when we went to get rid of it. It had road signs in the floorboards, and uh, they had 180,000 miles on them. And I remember some of our pool cars, one of the motor mounts went through the transmission. It was so shot, and you have to replace those vehicles. You're not going to replace them with a used vehicle. You replace them with new vehicles. And instead of replacing them every two years like we do now and we get good money for 
getting rid of them every two years. We would run them till they were dead, and you got to pay the long price on vehicles. And everybody knows today that vehicles are really expensive. So, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can with what we have. And, um, you know, this is a cost that, that we're going to have to absorb somehow. And we don't want to go backwards. We've moved the county forward in great strides with buildings and equipment and um you talk to anybody throughout the state they will tell you that the madison county facilities are within the top one percent of facilities in this state they're so nice um so going backwards is not an option we need to move forward and i don't know hopefully the legislature takes care of this issue um, it's a state program. They should pay for it. Uh, I've heard that uh, from Steve Aquario and NISAC that um, the governor has said that the county's got plenty of money, that uh, they've got a lot of sales tax money. Well, the county or the state has reaped that same reward from uh, Internet sales tax. So, you know, what have they done with their money? They've chose to expand these programs and... Um, you know, it's their, it should be on their dime, not on to the counties. Just because the governor thinks that we've got a lot of money doesn't mean that she can spend it for us. Uh, if she wants to spend things for us, let her take the jail over. That'd be a great place to start. Um, let her take uh, the Medicaid programs over. Well, they were going to do that five or six years ago, and we haven't heard a word from her since or, or from Albany since about that. So, you know, if Albany wants to spend our money, they can start taking some of these programs over. That's an option for them. So. On that note, um, New York State New York State counties are actually one of the very few states where counties actually pay into Medicaid, correct? Yes, and we spend more than the next three states combined on Medicaid. Right, seven point six billion statewide. Uh, Mike, I kind of want to go to you on that really quickly. So, with this money, the governor has said she's going to be expanding the Medicaid program, which is not a bad thing. But as the chairman brought up, you know expanding it might be one thing and that would be expanding the expenditures you know reimbursements back to hospitals that you know may have been hit really hard during covid um our ambulance services which we know you know from talking to other people and especially here in this county you know they don't get reimbursed on all every trip depending on what's going on so that's not a bad thing but what you brought actually you have the latest 2022 reports can you tell us kind of what those expenditures are for medicaid for madison county Oh, certainly. And so we, we do you know, like to point out the, the good side of Medicaid that, uh, you know, without Medicaid, um, you know, 17,000 residents wouldn't have health insurance. Uh, without Medicaid, you know, $156 million of uh, medical um, claims wouldn't be paid in Madison County. And so uh, when you look at 2022, um, that was the total bill for the Medicaid uh, program in Madison County, $156 million. And so people wonder, you know, what was paid. Uh, almost 80 million of that um, was for health insurance plans. And so um, most of the Medicaid program now is run by um, health maintenance organizations, HMO, who manage the care that people receive and pay those bills. And so almost 80 million, 79 million and, and some change uh, went to those two 
HMO plans, Fidelis and United. Uh, that was a number one. Uh, number two are what we uh, term waiver services, and these are really um, programs and services that keep people at home in the community, um, avoiding kind of the longer term, higher cost care. Uh, third is uh, skilled nursing home. Uh, so these are uh, folks who can't live at home safely, can't uh, remain in their um, in their home in the community, and so they are placed in a nursing home, which are you know obviously very expensive. Um, and then they you know they, they go down from there. Uh, Managed long term care um, at uh, five million, hospital stays at over five million, and so those are really the top five Medicaid pay programs. And so you know you just think about hospitals not getting $5 million of Medicaid reimbursement um, in Madison County. That would uh, be a, you know, a bad, um, bad business choice for them. So, Mark, I just kind of want to go to you. Um, are there any final thoughts that you just want to make sure our residents know about, you know, that we have 14 days until we see kind of, I guess, what the finalization of this is. People have never you know, sat there and watched the budget process. And it's kind of entertaining because they're like there until like two, three o'clock in the morning. You're like, do we have a budget? Are people being paid? <laughs> yeah, and the question I is, will there actually be a budget in like, 14 uh, days? No, there, <laughs> there, will, there will not be a budget in 14 days. I'll predict that you were not going to have a budget until probably, uh, I'd say, the end of April. Yeah, and one of the things, and this also, we heard That's this That's a lot NYSAC, of days of a lot of people not getting paid. The budget, the interim budget director actually was, was terminated from her position, and they actually had to bring back uh, Bob Begna, who was the budget officer under David Patterson, former governor, and Cuomo for a little bit. And so they had to bring him in out of SUNY to kind of help, you know, kind of reset things. So we will not have a budget in 14 days. But it's just, it's critical that, that our residents are aware of this and that, you know, that they're talking to the legislature and uh, their senators and the governor's office to, you know, push back on this while the counties have all this money, you know, so does the state. So it doesn't make a lot of sense what she's doing right now. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of frustration, you know, it, because we, as I said, last podcast, you know, Governor Hochul told us last year at the NYSAC conference that, you know, you finally have a governor who understands counties and we're going to be friends. And I was a county official and we walked away from that thinking very positively. And what she's proposing is the largest cost shift. And going back to the process, uh, you know, you talked to our former assemblyman, John Salka. I've had a lot of talks with him and got to witness the process down in Albany. It's almost sickening that uh, they drag their feet for january february and part of march and then the last week or the last few days of the budget process they're trying to go 24 7 uh and pushing out two and three hundred bills a day without even reading these things uh without seeing what's in them and just trying to get them done before the budget deadline and it's just it's not it's not a good system yeah, especially since it's, you know, as I said earlier, it's, you know, kind of three people in, in the room and the the leader of the assembly, the leader of the Senate, you know, they go back to their caucuses and they say, well, this is what we're voting on. And they don't read these bills. They don't understand what's, e what's even in the budget. They're just following blindly what the assembly leader and the Senate leader 
say this is how we're going to vote. And so they're not reading these things at 2 o'clock in the morning. They have giant stacks of paper on their desk. They're just pushing them through because they were told this was the deal we came up with, and everybody just falls right in line. And it's, like, it's fine because leaders have to lead. Okay, I get that, and I get the three people in the room, and you have to come up with something. Somebody has to lead the ship, and all the ships have to go in the same same direction. But come up with some common sense approaches. I mean, we've talked about it, the CLCPA, this Medicaid, it's your program. Don't be saying that, you know, the counties have got money, you have the same amount of money. Common sense has gone out the window with some of this stuff, and that's, that's what bugs me. And people don't ask questions. No. Well, you can ask all the questions you want. But we need to be led, but we need to be led in the right way that's inclusive with everybody throughout the state, not just New York City and what's good for Albany. And that kind of puts the county in a position where, you know, the chairman, you brought this up. Kind of, Well, it was brought up and you, you commented also on it at the board meeting the other day where SNAP benefits have been cut back for, individ- for families and individuals count- countrywide, including here in our community. There's now, you know, there's cuts going and people and food prices are going up. And then we have to sit here and go, okay, well, because the state made this decision, you, the board now will be put into a position of what do you do and how much of a burden do you put more onto your residents? Yeah. The, the SNAP benefits, when uh, Commissioner Fitzgerald talked about that the other day, it is appalling what is going on right there. I mean, they moved the the uh, benefit up from thirty dollars to one hundred and forty. Correct, Mike? Before COVID, right? Yeah. So everyone that was eligible for SNAP got the maximum benefit for their household size. One hundred and forty. So. Think about trying to buy food at one hundred forty dollars for the month, and now the federal government has moved it back to thirty dollars. So think about trying to buy food for the month on thirty dollars. I mean, you could spend that at McDonald's in one night. I spent that on cat food yesterday. Uh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And these people. Our elderly, seniors, veterans trying to get through, uh, young people that have disabilities trying to get through on this. There's just, how do you do that? Try to try to fathom that. How do you get through on $30? So there's a lot of decisions coming down the pipe. There's a lot going on. We will link all of the phone numbers to your local representatives in this podcast. Any final thoughts? Yeah, none of them are easy. Thank you all for joining us. Hopefully this is the last time we get to talk about FMAP. And hopefully we'll have, good, hopefully we'll have good news. Right, we'll have a cheery FMAP we'll have uh, a, process. <laughs> a celebration in April, and we'll bring you guys back for something more, you know, entertaining. Green beer. <laughs> yeah, everybody have their green beer today. <laughs> yes. Just not too much of it. That's what the much. sheriff's office is have to pull you over. <laughs> I think it's time to close that gate. So Yes, close the gate. Close the shut off the lights in the milk house for today. Yes. Enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Sam.